Life is hard, and honestly, there's a lot of things waiting out there to make it worse. Like, we have so much we can worry about. But Jesus showed that even in the middle of real, hard, difficult, scary, overwhelming life, we can have peace and contentment. And it's actually closer and simpler than we think. So let's talk about it together. So whether your life seems easy right now or maybe not so much, when we look at the world right now, worry really is a reasonable response. I mean, think about it. Like you can worry about your kids or what they're learning at school or what's happening to them at school or what's gonna happen in their future. You can worry about your parents if they're aging and, and maybe you're gonna have to deal with that. The economy might not be the way you want it. You can worry about your future, your health, the, uh, the elections coming up. There's so much to worry about. In fact, I've even been told as a you know speaker, pastor type person that I need to have some messages ready in case Russia starts a nuclear war, which I do and they're gonna be great. But why do we worry so much? It's obviously there's things to worry about, but why do we worry about them? Because we don't have control over it, the situation, right? See, worry comes from knowing we can't control our future. We don't worry about things we can control. We worry about things we can't control. And so what do we do? Well, we try to get control or at least like a, a sense of control. So we feel a little bit better, right? It's like if we're worried about our financial future, well, then we work really hard or we hoard and, and save our money. And then we worry every time the economy starts slipping. And so we try even harder to grasp the money. We're worried about our kids and how they'll turn out or how they'll make us look. And so we either become overbearing parents or helicopter parents. Uh, we can, especially during election, like I said, we can worry about the country. And so then we try to get political control and get people as mad as we are about something. So, so things change, which is why we keep seeing so many people yelling at each other, not conversating, but yelling at each other, holding bullhorns and signs. Maybe you're worried about your health. And so people can go extreme on, on the clean foods or, or healthy living. And because we, we think this control, trying to control our situation, will give us some kind of security. And so we rely on what we think will let us have some control over our future and, and make those worries not actually come true. But we have to choose what we rely on very wisely, very carefully, and very deliberately. Because what we rely on to overcome worry will either give life or steal it. And as we talk about worry, I just want to make it clear, we're not talking about suffering with you know, mental health anxiety. That is different than, than these types of worries we're talking about. God's given us opportunities for help with mental health anxiety, and, and I recommend that we use them if that is where we are at in life. But Jesus knew our propensity to, to worry about the, the things we maybe can control worrying about. And he also knew the number one go-to tool that most of us use to give us control, money. So, in his famous explanation of what it means to have a life that actually works, he takes on this idea of reliance and, and worry by using the universal example of wealth. And he calls it treasure. And yes, he's, he's meaning money in that sense, but really the principle that he teaches here can apply to anything we rely on to protect us from what we worry about. So my definition of treasure is what we rely on to give us the life we want. Whether that's money or reputation or comfort or government or family or education or even religion. Anything other than God himself. And so what does Jesus say about these treasures? Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. He says don't store up 
things on Earth. But doesn't it kind of seem prudent to store up? Like, especially the people he's talking to in the ancient world. Like, these people didn't know if a famine was going to come and, and wipe out the entire food source. Or if a new empire or king or governor would, would take over and make their lives miserable. Or if they'd be forced into some kind of war because their leader got mad at another leader. Or, like, if they, had no, they didn't know if they were going to lose their ability to work. So there was no safety net for them. So for these people, there is a lot to worry about. And so amassing wealth and, and saving as much treasure as they could would give them a sense of security for, for them and, and their family. In fact, people keep finding jars filled with coins buried all over the ancient world. But these are jars that were buried by people hoping to store up their, their treasure and it was never used because people found them buried. They didn't, that money didn't produce the security that dead owner was hoping for. It didn't save them from whatever death they found. And Jesus says this actually is not a very good strategy. He's saying the treasure you rely on is incredibly unreliable. And instead of it giving you control and easing your worries and having it actually take care of you, it just causes more worry because now you're afraid of losing what you're relying on and maybe you're worried it's, it's not enough. And these worries and this reliance will consume your thoughts, will consume your life, and it doesn't even work. Now, he's not saying like, ha like having a savings account in an emergency fund is a bad thing. He's talking, we're, what we're talking about here is reliance. So how do we know what we're, we're relying on? Well, what do you do when you start worrying that your 401k is going down? Or how do you feel when the dollar starts losing its value? Or when you actually have to use your emergency fund? What feelings come with that? And Jesus says relying on earthly treasure is a trap. Because relying on unreliable treasure only creates more worry. It's a vicious cycle. We rely on these treasures that don't last, and then we are worried that they're not good enough, and so we worry even more, and so we try to get more of those because maybe more will help, and then we just have more worry because we still might lose it, we still might not have enough, and it steals your life. And Jesus says there's a better option that will actually give life. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. So instead of relying on temporary treasures, he's saying store up treasure in the kingdom of heaven. Because what you store there can never be taken away. It'll never fade. It'll never rust. It is completely reliable. And they're like, okay, cool. I mean, I'm not exactly sure what that means or how to do it, which we're going to talk about in a bit. But maybe, I mean, it sounds good, right? It seems, seems to make sense, but like, how do we know which kingdom we're actually storing our treasure in? Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So the question is, where is our heart? What are we most concerned about? What do we spend our energy and time and thoughts and money on? That's what we are relying on. That's our true treasure. That's our true heart. And the direction of our treasure reveals the direction of our hearts. So where our treasure goes, there goes our heart also. And if our reliance is only on things that are going to rust and fade in this world, then our hearts are only focused on this world that will rust and fade. And it steals our life. And Jesus is saying, focus your heart. Store up your treasure in the kingdom of heaven. And you will experience that life you're actually wanting. So where are we investing our treasure? Well, Jesus continues and he says, look, this storing treasure thing and where you're focusing and all that and what you're relying on is really a bigger deal than most people think. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. 
But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. Saying what we rely on, what we focus our lives to stare at, will either bring light to our life or bring darkness to our life. And sometimes we can get so deceived and even deceive ourselves, we don't realize how lost and how dark we are by relying on something that's unreliable. But I mean, that seems a little kind of extreme, like, but like really, is it really so black and white, so extreme, so either or? Jesus says, yes, yes it is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Hate, despise, kind of harsh, right? Well, he's using this, this language as a comparison. So despise these things in comparison to the other thing. Meaning if you love one of these, then you don't care about, you don't listen to, you don't notice, and you don't obey the other. It's like apathy. Like the opposite of love isn't, isn't hate, it's apathy, it's not caring. So he's saying, hate the other, have apathy, you don't care about it. And Jesus says, you can either serve your treasures or serve God. See, we can either rely on our treasure or on God. And if we serve our treasures, we stop caring about, we stop listening to God, we stop noticing him in our lives, and we miss the life that actually works in the kingdom of heaven. But if we are living in and living for the kingdom of heaven, we can rely on God to the point that whether or not we have a little or a lot, we can be content, we can be joyful, we can be at peace. But if we rely on temporary treasure, money, government, influence, reputation, we'll actually miss the true life in the kingdom of heaven. When we're worried about, when we're relying on treasure, there is no room for trusting and relying on God. And Jesus says we have a choice. We are invited to something more than what we've been experiencing. And so he says like, well, here, here are some examples of why this is actually the obvious choice to rely on God. That is why I tell you, not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Like, don't worry. He's not saying don't think about these things and, and just sit back and, and God will just hand you everything. No, we still have a responsibility to work and to work to the best of our abilities as serving God. He's saying don't allow yourself to be overly concerned with these and relying on them for your life. Don't let your thoughts be consumed and, and controlled by these basic things. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? See, again, it's a picture. Let's, we need to picture who Jesus is talking to here. He's talking to the poor, the humble, the meek. These are people who are not living paycheck to paycheck. They are living meal to meal. And he tells them not to worry about what they're going to eat. And simply to rely on the love and care of God. Right? If, at first glance, it's almost too simplistic, kind of, kind of cold. But not if we really understand the love and care of God. And Jesus is saying, since God provides the basic necessities for birds, why won't he do the same for you? Like a bird's life is so much less secure than ours. But they aren't building barns and, and storing food in banks. Like a bird wakes up eats some bugs, enjoys the bird's eye view they have, and then goes home and lives the life God has for them. And Jesus is saying, you are way more important than a bird. You are actually created in God's own image. And so if he is concerned about the needs of birds, of course he will provide for you what you need. See, the truth is, in the kingdom of heaven, we don't have to worry about anything because God sees us, he knows us, and he loves 
us. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? You just love how like simple and down to earth yet profound Jesus' question is. Like, what is relying on all that? What is relying on that and then worrying about it actually do for us anyway? Obvious answer. Nothing, right? Worry is really is pointless. But we keep trying to do it. We keep trying to rely on things, don't we? Well, Jesus says, hey, just take a breath and take a walk outside. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't make, they don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? See, the care God gives to the beauty of nature, especially for those of us who get to live in the Pacific Northwest and the beauty of nature is like around every corner, every little corner of the street could almost be its own little picture in a nature magazine. The care God gives to that nature is proof that we can have faith in God's care for us. Because think about it, in a sense, nature trusts the rhythms God has given it, the the rhythms of, of life and death and rebirth and how quickly and slowly things grow and it just relaxes and it creates this perfect ecosystem. That is what life in the kingdom of heaven is like, where we're actually living day by day by faith and trust in our heavenly father. See, faith is a daily and practical reliance on the love, care, and power of God. So what does life look like without this reliance? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. This is dominate, such a strong word. Meaning like these worries fill the thoughts. They guide the choices. They are a constant search. The life is a constant search for and a continuous worry about these things. Why do we do that? Because we think we're on our own. That's the default setting of humanity. And without this reliance on the good and powerful love of God, we're really on our own, right? Like it's no wonder we, we fight so hard and spend so much time and money and, on, and energy trying to distract ourselves from these worries. See, Jesus invites us to something different, something better, something more. He shows that we are not on our own. And we don't have to go it alone. We don't have to rely on things that are so unreliable, including ourselves. We can have a real and full life while looking the real world full in the face. How? So how do we experience this kingdom of heaven life? How do we stop allowing these worries to consume and dominate our lives? Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Seek the kingdom of God. It's, it's a, the word there is like a continual connotation. So like be seeking is what he's saying. Be seeking with your life the kingdom of God. So what does that mean? Or to answer our question from earlier, what does it mean to store up treasure in heaven? I guess I've always thought like seek the kingdom of God. It's kind of like seeking through like this foggy valley and maybe it's there, maybe it's not, or, or like that elusive Sasquatch hunt, right? Ah, maybe I see him. No, it's actually right in front of us. Seeking the kingdom of God, storing our treasures in heaven is everything Jesus has already been talking about in this Sermon on the Mount. It starts with accepting Jesus as our king and then allowing the Holy Spirit to transform our hearts where we become people who don't just follow the letter of the law, but seek the heart of God and then act on it. People who long to see his justice and peace and righteousness and mercy and comfort in the world and then work with him to bring to bring it to earth 
now, bringing God's love and peace and invitation to others. It's being who God is making us instead of trying to prove anything to anyone. And then God re- and then Jesus reminds us, worrying really is pointless. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. He's saying, look, life is hard enough. Today's going to be hard. You don't need to make it harder by adding needless worries to the future that you can't control. When you can simply trust and rely on me instead, and I will give you the life you want. I will give you the life that actually works. So my question is, are you worried? Our worry reveals our reliance. What we worry about shows where we have chosen to place our confidence. Life in the kingdom of heaven eliminates the need to worry, and it brings the peace of God which exceeds anything we can actually understand, as Paul said in Philippians. Don't worry about anything, Paul says. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So the answer, stop worrying and trust God. Awesome. We will see you on the next episode. Just kidding. Like in one sense, it really is that simple. But like actually having this be our life is so much easier said than done. It takes, having this life takes real self-awareness and it takes practice. See, we have to diagnose where our treasure really is and then do the work of transferring that treasure to the kingdom of heaven. So three things we can do to to practice that and be self-aware. First, ask two questions. Ask, what are my top three worries? Like, what do you spend your time being frustrated about and angry about and, and talking about? What do you spend your time thinking about? What are you investing in? What are your top three worries? Then, what do I usually rely on to control the outcome of those worries? Money, government, trying to argue with people so they go into your way of thinking, maybe power for you or, or for your group, maybe respect of your family, your spouse, your coworkers. Maybe it's you just rely on yourself. Like if you can just think about or, or work hard enough, you'll find the right solution. Or maybe it's just ignoring it with entertainment. So what, what are your three worries? What do you do to deal with those worries? And then read what I just read, Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Read that once a day this week and then pray and pray thankfully. Pray, God, this is what I'm worried about. Thank you for what you have taken care of so far. I know you've taken care of me in all of these different ways, maybe ways I don't even know yet. So here's what I'm worried about, but I know you will take care of me. So like, what do we really have to worry about? Think about it. Jesus proved he was God by his death and resurrection, which he did because of his love for us. And so if he's already given all of his self for our ultimate need, what other need won't he fulfill? So even if our worst worries come true, even if the nuclear war does happen, Jesus is still alive. Jesus is still God and he is still in control and we can still rely on him. When we choose to rely on the love, care, and power of God, there's nothing left to worry about. And then we are free to live and love and give to others and enjoy the life of the kingdom of heaven.
Thanks for watching this content put out by Cross Creek Community Church. We are a church in Salem and we meet on Sundays at 4.30 p.m. at 525 Adelaide Drive. There's more information on our website or on the screen or in the description or show notes, but you can expect a few songs, a message, and communion. Uh, don't forget that we also have Youth Connect that happens after church on the first and third Sundays of the month, and that is from 6 to 7.30 and dinner is provided for those kids. That's available to any middle school or high schooler, and they don't even have to come to our church to attend. They can bring their friends and have a good time. Our Connect groups also meet weekly in homes, and there's space for you if you're interested in joining a small home group type community where you talk about the messages, pray together, and just before one another. There's information on our website about that as well. Lastly, it's October. So that means we have an October for Salem opportunity for you. And this one's a fun one. It's Boo Your Neighbor. You can make a treat or buy a treat and surprise your neighbor with it. It's a fun game to pass along and a great way to be for your neighbor and for Salem. We hope to see you in person one of these Sundays. Until then, see you later. <laughs>